That was precious. That really, really was neat. I was glad to see that and hear that. Amen. What a blessing. Have uh, Brother Lamar sing with his mom and sing the words that really apply, really mean something. I have a goodly heritage. You know, some of you uh, young people kind of just, well, here I am in this family and in this uh, community and in this church and you don't really understand the, the blessing that that is, but when you look around and so many that don't have that, oh man, you have a goodly heritage. What a blessing to be raised in the things of the Lord. Amen. <clears throat> well, um, I, uh, maybe you don't know this, but Brother Mike Key went to the uh, emergency, I guess, last night, and he was dealing with us, I guess, most of the day. I don't know. Is he home now? Or Okay, he's home now. But uh, sounds like there's some gallstones and things that he's dealing with. I don't know the, the, the full uh, uh, diagnosis there. But if you would pray for Brother Mike. Sounds like he's really going through it today. Had some uh, stomach um, difficulties. And so I'm not exactly sure what the, those things are. But uh, they're dealing with it. And I'm sure, sure they're going to go ahead and continue to uh, address that. But pray for Brother Mike, if you will. We had a, a great service this morning. And... Uh, Lord blessed, and, and all that was said and done, all of, all, every part of the service, the music, the presentations, everything went really well. I, I really do appreciate everybody putting into the, to the services as they do. I know it's a lot of work. I know it's a lot of work to prepare. It's a lot of work to uh, get musical presentations and choir pieces and instrumental pieces and all to, to uh, all work together and work well, <clears throat> and, uh, but it's worth it. It's, it's worth it when... Um, I was uh, uh, eating lunch afterwards this uh, morning, this afternoon, uh, with a visitor that was here. He's from <laughs> Idaho, and uh, he mentioned to me how, how good the music was. He said, now, oh, Pastor, that was really, really good. It was, it was really good music. It was music that was stirring and that was on point, and it was, it was really good. And, you know, I'm going, yeah, that's right, and... Uh, and I appreciate that. You know, it's one of those things where you want to say how much you appreciate things, and man, I do. I appreciate that. I appreciate the the uh, ability to be around that and to hear that and the gain from that. And I know so many of you have put into that, and I, I want to just say thank you for for that for your your uh, input uh, tonight after the service at the close of the service. Now, what we've been doing is doing uh, uh, announcements at the close of the service because many times uh, that's when you ought to hear the announcements where it's not clouding your memory during, you know, the uh, message or where you're thinking about the other things going on. So it's probably a good place to put it. But then also, if there's something to pick up, if there's something to buy, if there's something to sign for, if there's something to, to address, then after the service and it's all stated, and then you can go, go ahead and do that at the guest services or at the welcome table or in the breezeway or wherever. And uh, so uh, uh, you, we, we will get to the uh, announcements at the close of the service. But before we do that, if they're not in the announcements, I don't think they are, um, after the service, the ladies will be having a meeting. Mrs. Farinella is going to be uh, taking the ladies in the conference room, and she's going to have a ladies' meeting about uh, robbing the bank or so. What was the? Uh, I don't remember why, but anyway, no, that's, your meeting. that's not my meeting. <laughs> about what? 
about the ladies, yeah, thank you, about the ladies' retreat. Okay, I just didn't remember. Okay, so ladies' retreat, ladies, make sure that you're in the conference room after the service, and then you're going to take care of that. And then Brother Matheny, he's here. He's been here today and uh, speaking to different people, making the, the book available. If you did not get one of those books, one per family, then make sure that you get one <clears throat> out of the uh, guest services tonight. And uh, anyway, he's going to be speaking to the men, answering questions, and the next step, we've got to move on <clears throat> towards that project. It's an outreach that is just, ex it's exciting to me. I mean, just really exciting to, to just be able to be around, to be part of that. And, and uh, I just uh, told Brother Matheny, when he really makes it, remember us little people. <laughs> so anyway, uh, we're excited about what the Lord's doing there, and if you can have part in that. So men, uh, uh, be there and uh, get your questions answered and, and to see how things are kind of falling into place. If it is of the Lord, you'll watch this thing actually develop where it'll be a fan fantastic outreach. So uh, uh, you say, uh, preacher, I don't know what you're talking about. Right after service, we're going to be meeting in the teen room, in the annex. We'll, we'll be doing that after the evening service, then we'll, we'll go down there, and Brother Matheny will, will uh, be there to answer any questions as much as, as you need there, okay? So uh, don't forget about that. Take a look at First Timothy chapter number 4. Haven't, haven't the services been wonderful? I'm telling you, the, the Lord is good. I mean, He is just good, and, and uh when he, he gives us a great church, fantastic people to worship with, a wonderful Lord, his perfect word, um, the opportunity to uplift him, and we gather together. And, and uh, of course, every church has problems and difficulties, and we all do, and, and this church is no different. But the Lord has blessed us tremendously, and so many things that are good, so many things that we're, we're excited about and we're um, just thanking him for. And I, I just thank him for uh, the, the spirit of the service has lately been, just been wonderful, and I thank God for that. We, we, there are another, another thing that you can kind of take for granted and uh, not really thank the Lord, but it doesn't have to be that way, and it's not always that way. And uh, so, so be appreciative of what the Lord's given you and enjoy it and thank him for it. First uh, Timothy chapter number 4 and uh, verse number 1. We won't read all of the verses, but we'll start in verse number 1. And uh, tonight we'll go down through verse number 11. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 1. Now the Spirit speaketh ex expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. And you remember we uh, dealt with those subjects uh, there, which uh, the things that are demonic, uh, demonically influenced from the dark kingdom, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meat. So we're talking about monasticism, getting away from that, and not enjoying the things that God has given us, or having you know go, going apart from what God has prescribed in marriage, where a husband and wife uh, has proper relationships, and and that that kind of thing, as he said, is going to be rampant in the latter times. But let's go down to verse number eight. He says, for bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. He's talking about godliness is profitable, he says, for two things, now and later, the life that now is and of that which is to come. We're going to be looking at that a little bit, but he goes on to say, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is the Savior of all men, especially of those 
that believe. These things command and teach. I like how he says this. He says, these things just lay out there. It's not up for discussion. It's not up for uh, uh, amendments. No, no, these things, the word of God command and teach. Let's stop here and thank the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your word and thank you for the clarity of it. Lord, I pray that you would help us to understand a little bit more of how to be in the latter times. And Lord, we certainly are in the latter times and uh, technically or scripturally, it was from the time of the cross until your return. And uh, I don't know, but I kind of think that that's been prolonged because of the gathering in of saints that you'd like to see in your kingdom. But Lord, I pray that in these last days, in the latter times, and I don't know, but I, it seems as though we, we may be in the last days of the last days. But Lord, I pray that in these times, the times that there's going to be such opposition and there's going to be such a departure from the truth, that you'd help us to know how to act, how to operate, how to be most effective for you, how to serve you, how to uplift you and, and honor you, and how to bring glory to you. Lord, I pray that you would bless this church as we look at these truths, these principles, these, your words, Lord, we pray that you just open it up to us just as the psalmist prayed when he got into your word, open thou mine eyes that I might behold wondrous things out of thy law. Lord, I pray that you would do the same for us tonight. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> now, like we said, what we have been dealing with in these, um, uh, this is the fifth or sixth, I guess, in the series. We started it in, in July and we were going through uh, uh, latter times operation or latter times blessings. Tonight, <coughs> excuse me, we're looking at blessings now and blessings later. And uh, we'll emphasize verse number eight there. So let's take a look at it again. It says, For <coughs> bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things. Now, what he's talking about, godliness, is going God's way, doing things according to God's uh, prescri prescription, his orders, his command, uh, uh, God's plan, his program, his blueprint. If you follow the Lord, if you're, if you're uh, buying into his uh, prescription for your life, that's being godly or trying to be godlike. And so he says, being godly or godliness is profitable. It's profitable, and he, he lays two things here. The first thing that he does is, and we're talking about serving God. The first, first, first part of this is just a, a two-part message. Sometimes there's three, three points in a poem, but whatever. This is a very simple message, and we're not going to cover a lot. But we would like to cover these main ideas here, and then we'll go on. Uh, serving God is, number one, profitable now. Living for the Lord pays off in present time. <clears throat> it's not all just the uh, by and by, the sweet by and by, but it's the nasty here and now, that serving the Lord, that being godly, that following the Lord, obeying his will and his word uh, in your life, it pays off now. And that's what he says. Godliness is profitable unto all things, having the promise of life that, the first thing he says, that now is. Living for the Lord pays in present time. And you know, throughout the word of God, we'll see that. Now, we, we understand that there is heaven, there is a hell, and there is a, a, a judgment, and, and that uh, man will receive the things done in his body, whether good or bad. We're going to be uh, reviewed by the Lord, and we're going to be judged and evaluated and all things. And we understand that. 
And so there's some, some things to fear or there's some things to look forward to if you're uh, building up treasures in heaven. And that's to be in a place where the raw, uh, uh, rust nor moth doth corrupt and thieves don't break through and steal. We understand that by and by. We understand heaven, but we're not talking about heaven. In this context, he says, if you're godly, if you follow the Lord, it'll pay now. Not just in heaven. Now, I've said this before. If there was no heaven and hell, I'd still be saved. Not because of uh, uh, holding on to something that I'll never get paid. No, no, because you get benefit today for following the Lord. And that's what he said, saying. If you follow the Lord, if you're godly, if you follow God's principles today, you'll, uh, following the Lord, living for the Lord pays in present time. Psalm 37, verse number 3. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. When I was first saved, I looked at verses like these and said, okay, well, you get saved, and eventually in heaven, God will give you the desires of your heart. And I believe that is true, but that's not what it's talking about. Look at the text here. It says, trust in the Lord and, good, and do good, so shalt thou dwell in heaven. No, he's not talking about in the sweet by and by. He's talking about where you live today, where you live in the land of the living. Here, right here, right now, on earth, so shalt thou dwell in the land today, and verily thou shalt be fed. There's many, multiple promises in the word of God to believers to say, hey, follow the Lord, put him first, and he will uh, uh, bless you in physical things or in blessings right here and right now. It's not a health and wealth gospel where, well, you just follow the Lord and you're going to be rich and you, you'll have more, you know, no, that's not what we're talking about. But we're talking about blessings today. We're talking about God's care today. We're talking about receiving the desires of thine heart today. You want to know something? Believers are the ones who are happy. They're happy. They're fulfilled. They're uh, on balance. They're the ones that, that really have, it's just everything together. Some time ago, I don't know, about a year or two ago, there was a, a man that was visiting the services. And this is what he said. He was from the outside. He wasn't even saved. And he came in and he said, Pastor, everybody around here seems happy. What's wrong with everybody? <laughs> and I'm, I'm going, that's a good thing. That's a blessing to be happy, to, to have the desires of your heart be met. Not uh, uh, mad and, and having grudges and, and uh, uh, feeling like you, you, know, the, you missed the boat and, and like you, you're just in a negative. And, no, that's having the des- It says, delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. A little testimony here. Me, since I got saved, the Lord's given me the desires of mine heart. That's not, I'm not blowing smoke. I'm telling you the truth. This is, this is the truth. God has given me the desires of mine heart. Now, prior to being saved, I had a lot of aspirations and desires, and they're all wrong. They're all going in the wrong direction. And uh, whether or not I get those things, I don't know. Satan always promises stuff that never is fulfilled. But uh, I, I never thought I would get to the place where I'd be content 
in life to have the things that I've desired to have. And today, I want to tell you, I have the desires of my heart. The Lord is good. Folks, I'm telling you, the Lord is good. He is good. And the thing about it is, they're not the same desires that I had when I first got saved. When I first got saved, the desires I had were warped. They were, they were defiled desires. They were, uh, they were not good. They were going in th- for the wrong things, desiring the wrong things that would eventually harm me. I didn't know that. But I, you know, I was going after things that would hurt me. Remember when Matt was just, I don't know, less than a year, um, or I don't know, maybe about a year old, and, and we, we would go to a breakfast bar in Mississippi. This is where I was uh, uh, serving as an assistant pastor down there. And, and the first, uh, the Shoney's, it was, if you know what a Shoney's is, it's kind of like an Applebee's or something. Anyways, Shoney's restaurant opened up, and it had a breakfast bar first breakfast bar I had ever heard about where it had all kinds of eggs any way that you wanted them and it had all kinds of mashed potatoes and or not mashed potatoes but fried potatoes and bacon and sausages and and all kinds of fruits and all and it's just like amazing it's amazing I remember going there saying I can't believe my eyes oh you can eat breakfast I love breakfast I could have breakfast any time of the day, day or night, man, that's great. You know, steak and eggs. Oh, that's, by the way, that's on the <laughs> Mary's Supper of the Lamb. It's going to be steak and eggs. But nonetheless, I love breakfast there. So we would go there, and, and man, we get, and, uh, and they had these pickled okra. <laughs> I did not know what okra was. Because I'm from Chicago, and here I am in the South, and I, and I, what is that? It's, it looks like a little, you know, kind of weird-shaped pickle, and, and, uh, but it's pickled okra. And like, how many know what okra is? Okay, good. You, you know what I'm talking about. There's different ways to eat okra. If it's like sliced and fried, oh, man, that's wonderful. But if it's boiled, <laughs> and it's pickled on top of that, oh, man. But anyway... Uh, got that on my plate and, you know, didn't, I, I didn't go for it, but Matt, my, my one-year-old, he loved it. I mean, he loved it. It was like, yes, sir, give me that pickle. So we'd go to Choney's whenever we go there. He'd get, I'd throw some pickled okra on his plate, you know, and, and, and he'd go to town. You know, no teeth. Go, nah, 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 nah. Anyway, so uh, it was great. And, and this one time we, we went. And here's some pickled okra. I, I, I put it on, on his plate, and I tasted one of them. This was not pickled okra. This was uh, Satan fire hot uh, something. I don't know what it was, but it was, it was hot. It was like, I don't know how, what, but it looked like pickled okra, you know? And, but it was, it was nasty hot. It was so hot that, ah, eh, you know, it was that hot. Anyway, so here, I, I, I get it, but Matt saw it. I put it off to the side, and he wanted that pickled okra. But it wasn't pickled okra. You know, I'm saying, Matt, no, no, you don't want this. This is nasty. This is bad. It'll hurt you. No, no, no. You know, and then, no, you don't want this. You know, I'm trying to keep it away and making a big noise. And, and so finally I go, okay, and I put one on his. And his mom said, don't you do that. This, I said, he wants it, you know. Let him, let him have it. So, man, he and then we had a real problem. But hey, folks, isn't that isn't that like the Lord? Stuff that we want, and He says, "No, no, that's going to hurt you." 
Before I was saved, that's all that I wanted, something that would hurt me, bring me pain and sorrow and heartache and grief and emptiness and void. And, and he, would, he would try to guide me to say, no, this is not good. And all of that junk that I was after before didn't, didn't give any fulfillment or joy or happiness or fulfillment. No, all stuff that would hurt you. And that's what the Lord's trying to keep from you. Since I've been saved, every time I listen to the Lord and he gives me what, what my desires that are lined up with his desires, it becomes the desires of my heart. That's exactly, that's what, I, that's what I want. And you know, when I get my heart straight, my mind straight, in line with God, just like it says, delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. And I hadn't been to heaven yet. I mean, this is just a premonition. I hadn't been to heaven yet, but I'm, tell, I'm telling, here's a testimony. He has given me the desires of my heart. I'm, I'm serious. He's given me the desires. And that's here and now. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. So what he's talking about is what the heathen wear, what they put on, what they eat, where they live, and all that kind of stuff. All of the, 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 the uh, uh, amenities of life, the things that, that everybody is so concerned about going after to make sure that you uh, are, are uh, taken care of and, and have clothing and food and, and what everybody... I mean, they're so concerned about... Uh, security of things, fighting for things, clawing for things, trying to scratch and get things together. And, and Jesus says here, don't do like that what, like the heathen do. This is what you do. What you seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then you know what happens? All these things, you know, what you eat and what you wear and, and all of your, your sustenance, everything that you need, all these things shall be added unto you. You put God first, and he's going to take care of you. That's the truth. But it's not talking about heaven. Is this true in heaven? Absolutely, but it's not talking about heaven. You know what he's talking about? He's talking about right here. Today. Right now. You know why? Because godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is. Right now. Today. Mark chapter 10, verse number 29. And Jesus answered and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, There is no man that hath left house, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my sake and the gospels, but he shall receive an hundredfold in heaven by and by. Is that what he said? No, read it with me. But he shall receive an hundredfold now in this time. Houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions, yeah. But having all of these blessings. And then he says, and in the world to come, eternal life. On top of all of that, you know, just isn't that wonderful? And he says, you benefit today. You can't outgive God. You heard that before. This is, this is where it comes from, these principles. You can't outgive God. You try to give, you try to sacrifice. I'm going to have to give up this or give up that. For him, and you know what? I get this multiplied upon me. And, you know, Jesus once said, you know, uh, uh, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. It's kind of like a, a basket of, of, uh, 
uh, corn or, or fruit, you know, where you fill it up and you shake it to get it all down and then you press it down and, and you even put more. And it's, I mean, it's coming, it's, it's running over. That's what you get when you put him first. And it's not talking about heaven. It's talking about right here and right now. Now, in this time, giving up these things, you know, like right now we have one of our, one of my heroes with us is Brother Matheny and all of our missionaries that have been serving the Lord on fields. And, and folks, I, I, don't, I don't downplay the sacrifices, not at all, because believe you me, there have been tremendous sacrifices where those who have served the Lord in, in situations like that, they've had to, they've had to sacrifice great, great things that you and I would think twice about, but they, they've had to willingly say, okay, I'm going to have to give this, or I'm going to have to give these pleasures up, or I'm going to have to do this or that for the kingdom of heaven, and I'm going to do that. And, and there's been great sacrifices, but you want to know something? The promise is true. When Jesus says there's nobody that's ever given up this and this and this and this, but he shall receive an hundredfold, even more, more friendship, more love, more excitement, more security, more. Now in this time, he says, right here and right now, not in heaven, although in heaven, I mean, if this is just a premonition, man, heaven is, don't, can you, I'm, I cannot wait for heaven. I'm telling you, that is, well, wait a minute, I could say, I could wait, okay? <laughs> I gotta be careful what I'm saying. <laughs> I, can, I can wait, okay? Whenever it's God's time, I'll go to heaven. But you know what? I'm looking forward to heaven, but this, he's not talking about heaven. He's talking about now, in this time. Isn't that what he says? Now in this time. Houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands. And then in the world to come, eternal life, on top of all of that. But he says, this is what you get now. See, it's in this life where our pathway in godliness is profitable. Following God is profitable. It's profitable in, in everywhere, every way that you look at it. Not in the ways that Satan wants to tempt and say, oh, you know, you're missing out here or you're not going to get what others have here. Here's, you remember the psalmist in Psalm uh, 73? One of my favorite psalms. It's a backslidden psalmist. He says, looking at the, the, the wicked, there are no bands in their death or, you know, how does he put it? He says, they have more than their heart could wish. Their, their heart is, uh, their, their uh, I can't remember the, the, the wording, but he says they have more than heart could wish. They have this, they have this. There's no bands in their death, and, and, they, and they don't have to follow the Lord, and they, they have everything they want. No, 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 no. That's the way that Satan wants to make you, you think. Like, they have everything, and they don't have the rules, and they, they could just do whatever they want. They have freedom. No, no, that's what Satan wants to portray it like. Eve, you're missing out if you don't. Have this, yeah, I know that God's given you everything else, but you know what? He's keeping this one from you because this is the one you really want. Yeah, right. She's holding her, her son, bloodied son in her arms, dead kid because of her sin, brought about death upon all men. So that's what you want, mom. Is that what you want? Oh, no. That's what Satan portrayed, like what you're missing out on. You know, and, and that's what Satan will do. He'll portray like you're missing out because you don't have this or you don't have that. But that's not, that's not true. It's in this life where our pathway in godliness is profitable. Yeah. Psalm 27, 13. 
I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I, I want to truly, I want to tell you how I, I remember the very first time I read this. I was a new believer, uh, got a Bible from Bob uh, Warner, who's now in heaven, um, a good friend of mine, he went to Bible college with me, and he was my roommate for a while, and, and uh, I remember getting that very first Bible, never had a Bible before, I got a, a Bible, and it was mine, had, he, he had my, uh, my name printed, embossed on the, on the front of it, it's a leather Bible, it was just the, the neatest thing, I was opening it up trying to read, and I remember going through this verse the very first time I read it, and this is how I read it. Here is David or whoever was the the psalmist. He says, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in heaven. I'm looking forward to heaven. I'm going to see his goodness. I'm going to see the payoff. That's the way I read it. In the land of the living. Well, that's the land of where there is no death. You know, never grow old. Yeah, that's the place. That's the, the place of the land of the living. That's not what it means. That's not what it's saying. You know what the land of the living is? That's today. That's you and I here in the land of the living. The people leave. They depart out of the land of the living. That means they die. And they go on. They move on. But here and now is the land of the living. Now now look at what it says. Here is the psalmist saying, man, I tell you what, it was hard. It's hard to... To, to do right or to be right or to follow the Lord or to sacrifice or whatever it was he's talking about. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord right here and right now that God would come through for me in my life in, in the time that I'm here on earth. That's what he's saying. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. <clears throat> While this could reference heaven, I understand that the primary thought here is the here and now on earth, this land of the living. Paul continues with the thought in the very passage in 1 Timothy chapter 4 in our text. If you have your Bible open there, 1 Timothy chapter 4, um, in verse number uh, 8, he says, For bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is, and of that which is to come. But let's just focus on that first part. The life that now is. Godliness is profitable for you today, not payoff time sometime in the future in the by and by. No, today, right now, for the life that now is godliness is profitable for today. And he goes on to verse number 15. He says this to Pastor Timothy. He says, meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them. He's talking about the word of God, the principles of his word. And he's, he's actually uh, 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 speaking scripture that will be incorporated into the, the Bible, God's Word, which we're reading tonight. And he's, he's talking about that, and he says, he says meditate, meditate upon these things, the things in the Bible, God's Word, Scripture. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. That others can see, man, that man is blessed. That woman is really, look at her life. Man, she is blessed. Why? Because she pays attention to the scripture. She's following the instructions. She's listening to the word of God. She's meditating upon the things that God is teaching her. And when she's given herself to that, her profiting, his profiting can appear to everybody. Everybody, you can see that a mile away. That guy is blessed. 
that thy profiting may appear to all. That's what he's saying. And he says, right here, right now. We're not talking about heaven or some future time. He says, right now. He goes on in verse 16. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them. For in, in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. He's not talking about salvation of your soul in the future. He's talking about your life. He's talking about your condition. He's talking about you being blessed and operating in, in, a, in a high-handed manner. That's how, what he's talking about. You will benefit yourself and those around you. That's a blessing. Them that hear thee. You know what? Not only am I blessed, but I have some kids that are blessed. You know why? Because God's blessed me. And, and we're, we're going by the same principles, and we're teaching the same things, and we're, we're holding to the same things. And, and they're, they're blessed, too. And you want to know something? Their kids are blessed. Got grandkids now coming along, 15 and counting. <laughs> That's cool. It's really cool. And to watch these little ones that are growing and being blessed. And others are being blessed. And others are being blessed. And, and everybody around you, man, they get blessed. You know why? Because you're, you're paying attention to the word of God. You're following. You're taking heed to yourself and to the doctrine. The word of God. Continue in them. For in doing this, it's going to help you and, and it's going to be a, evident. Your profiting will appear to all. It'll be evident. You're going to save yourself grief and heartache. And, and you're going to get the desires of your heart and them that hear thee. What can this faith save us from? What is he talking about, save yourself? What, what do you get saved from? Well, the consequences of sin. The cost of iniquity. You know what sin costs? I'm talking about, uh, if you were to put a, a monetary value or a time limit value on sin, on iniquity, on going in the, in the way that is contrary to God's word, his doctrine, his, his uh, teaching, his blueprint, his instruction, if you get away from that and get into sin, what, is it, what, it would, what it, does it cost? What does it cost to be hooked on drugs? Oh, man. You see that today, and it's, it's getting worse and worse as a nation. But just about every one of us knows somebody that's in that black hole and, and going down, and, and, and uh, it's costing them everything. It's costing them the light in their eyes. It's costing them their future. It's costing them uh, every uh, last dime of, of uh, leisure that they can scrape together so that they could feed that monster. What does it cost? What does it cost for a person to get into alcohol and have it run their lives? What does that cost? Oh, my goodness. It costs their dignity. It costs them their, their money. It costs them their relationships around them. What does it cost to get into some kind of a vice or addiction or cover-up or gambling? or, or uh, What kind of attention, what kind of a focus does that cost that person to get into iniquity, to get into ungodliness? My goodness. Cost a lot. Let me ask you. Okay, just let's take just a minute. Some of you that were saved from a life that cost you, but it doesn't cost you any longer because you're not spending that. You're not spending 
the money for alcohol and you can't afford to go on a vacation because you've, you've spent everything. You, you, you can't hold on to a good job. You can't do what you're supposed to do. You don't have your health or you don't, because of something in your past that you don't have to, you don't have to pay that price anymore. You know those things where if you're now ashamed for the end of those things is death, those things. What did it cost you that you don't have to pay anymore because now you're in Christ and now you're following the Lord? I know for me, <clears throat> it was, I didn't even like, I don't like to talk about it. You know, I don't, I don't like to talk about it. I don't like to dwell on it. I don't like to even think about it. But, but the drugs and the, the uh, you know, now they, they have marijuana that's uh, legal and, and it's, oh, wonderful, baloney wonderful, baloney that's the, the, the door into a, a bottomless pit of, of heart, heartache and woe. Yeah. And, it, and it had a hold on me and it was bringing me down, folks. Had friends of mine that OD'd, younger than me, when I was in high school. And they, we're all together in this whole thing. And, and I just, I'm standing here before you tonight by the grace of God that, that I was not a, a casualty like that. You know what it cost? You know, would it have cost me by now? I, I don't know. I'd be alive. I'd be in jail. I'd be, you know, just what a mess. What about you? What are some of the things? You know, real quick. Anybody want to give just a testimony? I remember at a, the uh, uh, Pacific Garden Mission down in Chicago, there was this uh, mission where they would get bums to come and, and they would have them sit through a, a, a preaching service and then they would after they'd sit through the preaching service and extend Christ to them, and then they would feed them. And so they'd come in from the cold, and many of them, they didn't want to hear nothing. They didn't want to hear what they had to say. They just wanted to get out of the cold, and they just wanted a, a, a meal to fill their stomach because the only, only thing they had in there was alcohol all day or for several days. And uh, big rooms of, of uh, uh, men, women that were, were in that condition, bums, the scum off the street that didn't have any place to, to lay their head. They'd fill a room and make it stink. And, and a preacher would get up and, and he would talk about the Lord, how good he is. And let me testify for the Lord. I tell you what, the Lord is good. And he, he's saying kind of like what I'm saying tonight. He's given me the desires of my heart. I'm so glad. I'm telling you, I'm one happy camper that I know the Lord. Thank the Lord for what he's done, how he's come in. And, and, uh, and I'm, I'm no long, I don't have to go down that road. I thank God. And that's a testimony for the Lord. And he says, Satan doesn't have any of those kind of testimonies. You know, who wants to give a, 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 a testimony for Satan? And this one guy stood up. He says, I'll tell you, preacher. I'll, I'll give you a testimony for Satan. I had a business, and I had a wife, and I had children, and we have love in our, our home, and we had this, and we had that. I had dignity. And he says, I had none of that now. It's gone. It's gone. I have nothing. I don't even have my health. My, my liver is about out. I got nothing. That's what Satan did for me. And pff, wow, that's the truth. What, what did it cost you? Maybe something that you were into before, some kind of a habit or whatever that you don't have to do anymore. You, you're, not, you're not going down that route, that route and, and, and you don't do that anymore. Anybody want to just uh, give a, a real quick testimony? Brother Ray.
Thank you, Brother Rick. You know, I ask this, and I, I forget, you know, but we've got individuals that have a testimony that they can say similar things, and, and painful, painful. But thank God for what he's done for you. Amen. Thank you, Brother Rick, for, for testifying. Anybody else, you know, what, what it's cost you that you don't have to pay, okay, uh, uh, Danielle? Very good. Thank you. Thank you. I think I had some other hands here. Who, who else wants it? Okay, Brother Nick. Thank you, Brother, Brother, Brother Nick. May, I'm telling you what, we can go all night probably and talk about what it cost, what, what living ungodly cost you. And if you was on that trajectory, what it would have cost you to this day. And you don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> Amen. Thank the Lord. <clears throat> Since salvation, I personally, me, I have saved thousands of dollars in untold grief as a result of the rebellion and the, the iniquity that I was in. I don't spend money on, on those things anymore. And folks, we don't have to do that anymore because we're serving the Lord. You know why? Hey, you remember the text? It says, um, Godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is. And... And that is to come, but now is. It's profitable for the life that now is. We don't have to spend money on addictive vice or porn or useless pursuit or riot or partying or gambling or drugs or alcohol or whatever. I, I don't need that. I don't have to. I don't have a taste for it, nor do I follow it. It's profitable for me to live for the Lord. Think of the vain things that you don't have to go after any longer. Things that are ultimately harmful. You don't want that. <laughs> That's going to hurt you. No, no, you don't want that. But many affirm that they're a free lifestyle. What a, I don't have to worry about godliness. I don't have to worry about paying attention to the Lord. 
I don't have to worry about following all, all these rules, all these rules. I don't have to worry about that. And their lifestyle, of course, is best. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Have ruined relationships. They've got addictions they don't know what to do with. The cash that they would have had in their pocket is not there. They don't have any peace. They don't have future. They don't have any character or conscience. But, oh boy, is it good. Yeah, right. That's not, that's not. You know what he, you know what he says? Serving God is, number one, profitable now. And then, let's go on in the, in the text. First uh, Timothy chapter 4, verse number 8 again. It says, for bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is, and, and, not only now, not only do you gain now, not only can you have the, the, the desire of your heart now, not only can you have joy and peace and fulfillment and happiness, and you can laugh and you can have a life, not only can you get that now, but it's also profitable for the life that which is to come. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. Isn't that a blessing? Profitable to come. Eternal. It's not temporary. It doesn't fade away. It's not like getting that new car. I bought one new vehicle in my lifetime. And I loved it. I really did for about three months. And then, you know that first ding? That, you know, that really, that new car smell? Oh, man, it's just so cool. I just bought this thing. And I've never had a new car in my life. It was a van. And still, as a van, I, I was. This is just the neatest thing, Chevy van. I just loved it, brand new. And then <laughs> I think I told you, I followed a, a garbage truck. I, I I drove too close behind a garbage truck home. I used to live in Carnation, so it was like I don't know, fourteen, fifteen miles. And I followed a garbage truck and uh, didn't know. I didn't have any idea, but whatever it was that was in that garbage truck was kind of, you know, spraying all over my car. And by the time I got home, the paint was was taken off of the front of the car. That stupid new car. <laughs> Anything you get now, it it crumbles, it rusts, it gets stolen or broken, or you lose it somehow. That's awful. But you know what? Doesn't happen like that in, in heaven. No, it's, it's, it's eternal. When it says godliness is profitable for the life to come, folks, we haven't, even, we haven't even begun to scratch the surface about what heaven is going to be. I love talking about heaven because it's beyond my imagination. And believe you me, I got a great imagination. And it's beyond that. That's what the Bible says. Has it entered into the heart of man the things that, which God has prepared for them that love him? profitable for the things to come. So that's what he says in verse number 8. And then verse 9 and verse uh, 10, he says, For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach, because we trust in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially those that believe. So he says, trusting God. First he talks about serving God. Serving God is profitable now and is profitable later in heaven. Trusting God costs it caught, that's what it says. For therefore we both labor, look at verse 10. Therefore we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God. It's going to cost you to trust God. What is, what is it going to cost you? Well, first it says it's going to cost you some labor. For therefore we both labor. Why? Why do you labor? Because we trust in God. Because we trust God, we labor, we work for him. 
Trusting God propels us to work for Him, to honor Him, to serve Him, to work in the vineyard as He places us. Uh, Building a family costs things. If you want to build a family to be godly, you know what it's going to cost you? It's going to cost you discipline. Parents, you know, the, the, the worst thing about discipline, you're disciplining your children is it's got to be consistent. You know what consistent means? It means all the time, same. You can't discipline one night like this and another night like that, and, and you know, it's haphazard. You're going to teach your kids to gamble. Don't know whether dad's going to blow up on this one or not. Let's gamble. <laughs> oh, no, today he's blowing up. Uh, and you know what that does? It, it teaches your children because, you know, remember what Jesus said, this is how you pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, they look at their authority over them as we look at God, as our authority, our heavenly Father. And you know what? A lot of people look at eternity like that. I don't know if I, you know, I, I know that God said we're supposed to do this and we're supposed to get saved. But you know what? I'm just going to try because maybe I can get away with this. Maybe he doesn't mean what he said. And so they're gambling with their eternity. Oh, my goodness. Trusting God. And if you trust God, if you follow God, you believe what he says, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to cost you some labor. Just like I say, if you're going to build a family, it costs. It costs discipline. It costs consistency. It costs protection separations. You know, where do we get this thing, folks, to where we can go ahead and be Christian in name or whatever and not in entertainment? Christian in what we say, but not in the music that we listen to or the friends that we have. Like, it's okay to do that kind of stuff, and, and that's okay, and let's just follow the Lord. That's not following the Lord. That's not trusting God. We gotta, we've, we've got to Follow the Lord in separations. That, and it takes commitment. It takes commitment for two people to say, I don't care what happens. You could kill me. I could kill you. But we're staying married. <laughs> and, and that's all we're going to There's no out. There is no out here. It takes uh, discipline and consistency and commitment to build a family. You know what it takes to build a church? Oh, man. It takes study. Say, well, the preacher will study. The preacher will figure this out. No, no, no. You study. We all study as a flock. That's what we're supposed to do. That's what the Bereans did. You remember? Here's Paul. Paul the Apostle. And they were checking him out. Paul the Apostle. They, he'd say something and they say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. And they, they searched the scriptures to see whether those things were so. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. You know what? Paul's consistent here. Or, no, no, Paul, that's not right. Because, look, this is what it says. They, they knew their Bible, and they were, the Bible says, more noble than those in Thessalonica because they studied the Scripture. You know what it takes to build a good church? Sometimes I see churches, they fall for junk. Somebody comes along, and they lead them astray, and, and it's like, where, where are the good people in that church? Where are the people that know the Scripture in that church? You know, it's a blessing. I'm telling you, I, I'm telling you, folks, what a, a tremendous blessing is to know that around here, there's several people several of the men of the church could get behind this pulpit and take the word of God and teach it and preach it. They have an understanding of this. They have an understanding of that to, to not only teach, but to, to live by and to rule their families by. And to, that's a blessing, folks. That is a tremendous blessing. That's what it cost To have a good church, to build a good church, it's going to cost prayer, time and prayer and praying for each other. Do you pray for your pastor? I, I need it. I want to tell you that. I need it. 
I'm a whole lot more carnal than you think I am. Ask my wife. Don't ask my wife. You know, <laughs> your, your, your preacher needs prayer. And I pray for you guys. When I heard um, Brother Mike last night that was in the, in the ER, I was praying for him. God bless him. God, take care of him. I don't know what the problem is, but I don't want to be in the ER. And he is, and he has, has to go through that. And God, give him what he needs. And upholding them in prayer. Do you pray for one another? One another? Hey, it takes prayer. Have a good church. It takes prayer. It takes commitment. I mean commitment. I mean say, this is my church. This is where I'm going to be. This is where I'm going to vote. This is where I'm going to commit. This is where I'm going to give. And I'm going to be committed enough to teach a Sunday school class or to, to make the outreach programs or to, to, to study the scripture so that we're all together and memorizing uh, Psalm 119 as we're going through this, this year. To, to commit to being here and to be all in. Hey, listen, it's going to take a... If everybody was just like you, what kind of a church would this be? Some of you that I can think of, if every single person in this church... This morning we had 200-something. If every single person in this church was just like you, for some of you, we'd have a fantastic church. But for some of you, it wouldn't be worth shooting. (laughs) Sorry to say that, but that's the truth. Hey, hey, you know what? It's going to take commitment. It's going to take all in. I'm going to be what I'm going to be. Folks, it's more than just us. This is bigger than us or this generation. You know what I'd like to see? I mean, this is now 30 years in, but I, I would love to see a, a lighthouse here that continues way beyond all of us. I got some grandkids that, that need that. And I got some great grandkids that I don't know anything about. And there's people in this area, they need a good solid lighthouse here that will be true to God's word. It's going to take commitment. Don't you believe anything else? It's going to take commitment. It'll take outreach. Trusting God. He says in this verse, verse 10, uh, let's look at it again, 1 Timothy 4.10. For therefore we both labor, and we're talking about laboring and, and bringing these, we labor because we trust God, but it says we also suffer reproach because we trust in the living God. We suffer reproach. Standing with God is going to cost us. It's going to cost you your popularity. Maybe sometimes in some circles, it'll cost you your position. It may cost you your friendships. It may cost you being accepted in some crowd. That's okay. Folks, that's okay. That's all right. Don't, don't worry about that. You're, you will be rejected among the wicked. It's going to happen. Mark it down. It's going to happen. Don't worry about it. For therefore, we suffer reproach because... We trust in the living God. So there's two things he, that deals, he deals with in verse number 8 through 10. He says, serving God is profitable now and is profitable in, to come in, in eternity. And trusting God costs labor and reproach. Now, there, there is a, uh, it goes on to say in verse number 10, the end of that, and we're, we're not even going to get into this tonight because... We've got just enough to to deal with, and we're going to go ahead and close the service. But uh, in verse number 10, he says, For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach, because we trust in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially they, especially of those that believe. You know what Calvinism is? 
Uh, John Calvin, way back when, uh, Calvin wasn't a Calvinist. <laughs> he wasn't a hyper-Calvinist as Calvinism has developed. Uh, this thing about that God has elected some to be saved and some to be lost. And if you're one of the elect, then nothing you can do about it. It's God's will. He's sovereign. He's gonna, you're going to be saved. And if you're one of the lost and you're one of the unelect, there's nothing you can do about it. You can't be saved. That is, that is so wrong. Folks, that is so wrong. Although God is sovereign, and there are some, some things that the Bible does teach, but God has also given us a free will. And this says that the, the Lord is the, the, the Savior, Jesus is the Savior of all men, especially of those that believe. Now, listen, hear what he's saying here. The Lord is the Savior of the whole world, but especially those who are born again. Those are his. Those who take the offer. He's the Savior for everybody, but you know what? It actually kicks in to the ones who say, yes, I believe. And you know what? He's my Savior, and I'm going to be saved. I well, have been saved, but I'm going to go to heaven, and I'm going to enjoy the, the eternity with him, not because of I've, I've deserved, deserved anything, He's done it all, but he's saved me, and I'm, I've got eternal life, and, and that's, uh, I'm eternally saved. But you know, he's the savior to those that don't believe also. Don't you believe these Calvinists that say, well, no, uh, he's just died for some, and he's not died for everybody. No, no, he's the savior of all men, especially those that take advantage of it. Now, we're going we're gonna to get into that. That's, that's a sticky wicket that we're going to be dealing with the next time that we uh, are in this passage as we go through uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4. So let's uh, just stop right here. Lord, thank you so much for your word.